Sports Talk New York with your hosts, Mark Rosenman and A.J. Carter. Sports Talk New York is sponsored in part by Prince Associates, Send in the Clowns, The Phoenix Tube Company, CelebrityTrips.com, The Law Firm of Decalator Cohen and DePrisco, Solomon Jewelers, and Relish Restaurant of Kings Park. Here are your hosts. Mark and AJ. Hi, I'm Howie Rose, and you're listening to Mark and AJ on 540 Sports Talk New York, WLIE. Again, a, a perfect ID, because uh, if they were going to make a Jewish broadcaster's baseball card set, we could talk about that in well, our next spot. Although they do have Jewish broadcasters, and Howie's not in the book. That's true. That is true. But joining us now is the man who is the author of Day by Day in Jewish Sports History with the creators of the Jewish Major League Card Sets. His latest book, The Jewish Baseball Card Book, is both a history of Jews and baseball and a history of baseball cards. Illustrated with 698 cards depicting the first 170 Jewish Major League players, it follows the evolution of trading cards from tobacco company issues to the early 1900s to modern designs. It is a pleasure to welcome Bob Wexler to WLIE 540 AM Sports Talk New York. Welcome, Bob. Hi, thanks, guys, for having me. Our pleasure. Now, you are an avid collector of Jewish sports cards and are also one of the leading historians on Jews in sports. We mentioned in the intro your first book, Day by Day in Jewish Sports History. So this book seems like such a labor of love. How did this project come about? It was actually the idea of uh, Jewish Major Leaguers Incorporated, which is a nonprofit organization in Boston. They're the ones who put out the uh, set of baseball cards in 2003 of every known Jewish major leaguer who appeared in at least one game. And they several update sets the years after. They did an oral history book. And after the 2014 update set, uh, Martin Abramowitz, who was the head of the organization, asked me if I would... He got the idea to uh, do a book of the real cards, showing the real cards of these players instead of the uh, commemorative sets that were set, put out. So he came down to Durham, North Carolina, where I live, and we went to a Durham Bulls baseball game. We discussed the project, and I just thought it was right up my alley with being a collector and being a former editor. Uh, and it just really worked out well. And it, it was a labor of love. It took, you know, I had to scan every photo in the book and uh, you know, do research on the, on the card sets themselves and the captions. It's a lot of work, but it finally came to fruition, and I'm really happy with it. You know, I noticed that a large portion of the images come from your personal collection. Uh, when did you first start collecting cards of Jewish baseball players, and more importantly, why? Okay, uh, I was a collector back when I was, of course, growing up like a lot of kids in the 1950s. And it lasted about three or four years, then I went off to junior high school, and it wasn't cool anymore. It's like, I mom threw the cards I thrown away. <laughs> uh, and I didn't really think much about them for years. And then in 19... 89, working for the newspaper, we get all kinds of promotional materials and books for book reviews. You probably get them in your station, too. And we got a set of 1989 Pacific Legends baseball cards in the middle, just out of the blue. This was a set of uh, retired players. So I opened up the set. There were 10 cards in there, and two of them were Jewish players, Ken Greenberg and Kenny Holtzman. And I thought, this is really strange that two out of the 10 were Jewish players, and right then, I just got the idea. It would be fun to, just to collect Jewish ballplayers. Uh, so I, figured, I came up with about 40 names of Jewish players I knew on my own, found it, and then started doing some research and found out there were about 140 at the time. And uh, there were many more cards that I knew of, you know, cards that I grew up with Tops and, and Bowman. 
and I was finding out there's Pacific Coast League cars in the early 1900s. So it just got really, uh, it, you know, it was, it was the hunt. You know, I started hunting for these cars at card shows and online, and I just really got into it, not just baseball, but all, all sports. You know, it's interesting so. because AJ and I mentioned uh, before that this book is so much more than a coffee table book, as it chronicles both the history of baseball cards, the evolution from inserts and packs of tobacco to vehicles for companies to sell candy or chewing gum, up until Cy Berger introduced what is now considered the modern baseball card with tops for his major issue in 1952. And it merges all of that with the chronological history of Jewish players beginning with Lippmann Pike in 1871. You can see when the players broke in, how many Jews were playing at a particular time during the timeline. Players' career stats and highlights are included. How did you come up with the format to make this, you know, more than just a coffee table book, but such an informative book? Well, it started with, with the cards. We wanted to show the, the uh, evolution of cards over the years, how, how they started out. And that now that they've gone into inserts and you have game-used material attached to cards, it's really changed. And there's been several Jewish biographical books on ballplayers that have come out, but they were always alphabetical. And there's nothing that showed them chronological. So by chronologically showing the players and also chronologically showing the evolution of their baseball cards, it just seemed to, to meld perfectly. So as, as you did the book, what was more interesting to you or exciting, to find a baseball card for an obscure old player or to find an obscure card for a player like Hank Greenberg or Sandy Koufax? Mm. I, I think I pretty much before knew which cards were out there before I started the book. Uh, it wasn't some. I think finding the the old cards that were really exciting because I didn't know about a lot of uh, regional issues. You know about the the Gowdies and the the Tops and the Bowman issues through the years, but there are a lot of regional issues like the uh, uh, Glendale Meets from Detroit, Detroit Tigers in. Uh, and then 1950, uh, 1952, uh, S.K. meets out of Baltimore, Cons meets out of Cincinnati, and uh, there's a lot of candy issues that were issued on the, the West Coast and Pacific Coast League. Those, those are always fun to find when there's a card you, you weren't aware of. We're talking with Bob Wexler, the author of the um, Jewish Baseball Card Book. You know, one of the things, you mentioned that, the odd ones, that you I'd forgotten about until I saw a couple of the cards in the book was you talked about the other companies, the serial cards. I remember collecting the post-serial right. cards. And yeah, the back of the post-serials uh, yeah. used to have either five or seven cards you, you could cut out. and uh, Same cards appeared on Jello boxes, too. They were a little mm -hmm. bit smaller. But this was in the uh, early 60s, around 1961 through 64. It, it's so funny you mentioned those Jello boxes because, you know, my mom, I'll never forget this, I guess at one point, totally cleaned out the entire kitchen pantry somewhere in the neighborhood of 1976, 77, because I was still living at home. And in the very back was a 1963 Bob Aspermonte Jello card <laughs> buried way in the back. Um, the book also has, you know, a lot of interesting sections beyond just showing the cards. Could you share a bit with about our audience with the five players who converted to Judaism before or during their playing careers, and the three who converted after they retired as active players? And why was it important for you to include them in the book as well? Uh, just. Uh, the extra, the three who were added after they converted after their playing days, there were two really good players in there, Joe Horland and Steve Yeager. And I ran into a problem in the 80s because there were only about nine Jewish players in the entire decade. It was really a down decade. 
And there were two years where I had no Jewish cards, so I kind of <laughs> had a cheat to get put Steve Yeager in there because he, he had cards those two years. <laughs> that was kind of a backhanded way to get him in. And then I thought it was just important to get in uh, the others who, who converted by choice. And uh, you know, one of the surprises for most people would be Elliot Maddox, yeah, who right. played for the yeah. Yankees and the Mets. And uh, Lloyd Allen and Skip Judd as well. Yeah, and, and uh, Jeff Newman. Um, yeah, Bob Tufts, well, you know, which uh, is a pretty funny story about Bob Tufts. He was with uh, Kansas City and the Giants, and he decided to convert. He, I think he married a woman from Long Island. And he was going through the conversion ceremony, and the, the rabbi, he was a pitcher for the Giants. And the rabbi asked him in the conversion ceremony, uh, have you picked out a Hebrew name? And he said, how about Sandy Koufax? <laughs> That's a great you, you story. Know, the, the one you include, I think you know, if I might have my new hands right, and you have him in, and I think he eventually converted out to Jews for Jesus or something, was Jeff well, Newham. Well, that's because Yeah, new, yeah. I, yeah. This, we get an argument. This, you know, this is... My criteria for the book, this other people have all kind of different criteria for identifying Jewish players. A lot of people will count Hall of Famer Lou Boudreau because his mother was Jewish. She converted out when he was two years old. He never identified as Jewish in his entire life, but by Jewish law, he's Jewish. So some people will count him. Uh, I don't. My criteria are at least one Jewish parent. Um, you must be willing to identify as Jewish, and you cannot go by another religion. Now, with Newhand, he started out um, his career, his first couple of years, he was Jewish, and then he converted after, during his playing days. So I, I didn't know if I should leave him out and, uh, or keep him in, but I figured, well, he was Jewish for part of the time. He had a bar mitzvah, so. Right, he was bar mitzvah. Right. And you know, I guess the criteria is also, can he make it into Adam Sandler's Hanukkah song? That, that's right. also a key component. <laughs> well, Sandler had Rod crew in there. He never converted. So. <laughs> um, you also include a checklist of all cards issued for Jewish active players up to 1988. How time-consuming was that? And what was the process in you know doing that research and, and coming up with that list? That was kind of the, the last thing in the book was a late edition. Um, we originally were uh, ending with the foreign cards and the error cards, and we didn't really want to end with the error cards. So uh, Jeff Ader, who's a guy from Chicago, who I'm, I'm actually going to Chicago this week to attend his uh, the opening of his Jewish baseball-themed kosher restaurant near Wrigley Field, uh, he started the online Jewish baseball museum. And he's a big collector. He just purchased a couple of big collections. And he thought it would be a good idea to put the checklist in, because that way he can figure out which cards he's missing. That was a good idea, too. Uh, there's online catalogs. Beckett uh, has checklists. Um, I use my own cards to, to figure out which ones are there. Um, I know it, we, we stopped at 1988, because after that, it was just a glut of cards. Every company, Fleer, Donruss, Skybox, uh, uh, right. there's just too many cards right. and too many variations yeah. of cards, so... That's where we ended the checklist. You know, errors, error cards have always been a fun part of the card-collecting hobby, and Jewish players have been the subject of some interesting errors. Can you share some of them, uh, of the more famous error cards with our audience? Okay. Uh, in 1991, the, the Mets, uh, the, you remember the Wiz? Uh, Nobody beats the Wiz. Stores. They put out a set of every Met player who had played in the, the team's history, and they switched the photos of two catchers, Joe Ginsburg, who's, who's Jewish, and Hobie Landreth, who isn't. So they each appear, their photo appears on each other's card there. <laughs> um, Ian Kinsler, uh, second baseman for the, the uh, Tigers, he was a rookie in 2005 with the Texas Rangers, and a picture of Erasmo, Erasmo, Erasmo Maria, Ramirez is on his card. So 
that's another mistake. And there was a, f- a photo of Al Rosen in the 1973 Topps reprint from the 53 set, and the player there is actually Jim Fridley of the Cleveland Indians. So that's a couple of the mistakes. You know, we, we talked about this a little bit. Let's talk more about it. In addition to players, you talk about Jewish broadcasters, Jewish owners, Jewish general managers. What made you decide to put this into the book, even though they don't necessarily have cards about them? Uh, I, I decided to put them in because they're part of baseball. They're, you know, the, I want to show it wasn't just baseball you know, players that had the cards. I wanted to show that there were uh, you know, managers and yeah, I, I was really surprised when I found a set of baseball writers. <laughs> there were six or seven writers in that set. Uh, broadcasters, I try to leave it to play-by-play announcers. Um, the first one was Harry Hartman of the Reds. He was a, uh, he's actually my wife's cousin, so that's why I put him in there. But he, he was the first announcer for the Reds in 1929. Um, he was the first one to do every home and away game live instead of doing it by ticker tape. And... Uh, He's the one who coined the home run phrase, going, going, gone. So I wanted to put him in the book. And then, then there was Mel Allen had cards. So it's it just a way to you know, get other people involved in baseball, not just the players. Yeah, there are lots of cards in the book of players who played for Team Israel in the uh, World Baseball Classic. How much do you think Israel's success in the World Baseball Classic will grow the game in Israel and, and bring attention to some of the Jewish ball players that are playing in the major leagues? In fact, uh, when I, I did get the book, I, I took a quick picture and sent it to, Co- to, to Cody Decker, who was like thrilled that he's in the book. He, he was oh, okay. overjoyed. But uh, how, how much of the success do you think will, will grow the game in Israel? Yeah, I think it's a, a uh, resurgence in interest in Jewish baseball, and not just here, but over there too. Uh, there was a tour of major league players, uh, about 10 of them went last summer. Uh, actually, it would have been in the summer they've been playing ball, but it's in the in the winter, the spring. Uh, it's, so many paid for their trips over there, and most of them had never been to Israel, and they really connected. They, they put on clinics for the players there. Team Israel only had one player who's actually from Israel, but uh, I think there's a the big interest in it, and uh, just the research of interest in, in base, Jewish baseball everywhere. In fact, last night's World Series game, you had two <laughs> Jewish players hitting home runs in the ninth inning. Absolutely. Has that ever happened before? No, it's never yeah. happened. And I've gotten emails all day long yeah. asking if it ever happened. There's only been the only Jewish home runs in the World Series have been five by Hank Greenberg, and the other one was by pitcher Kenny Holtzman in 1974. So these they've each had. Uh, home, two home runs now in the series, and this is the, you know the fact that they hit them in the same inning was really unusual last that night. Is I don't think that record ever be broken. <laughs> now, there's an old advertising campaign years ago for Le- uh, Levi's Rye Bread, and it said right. you don't have to be Jewish to love Levi's Rye Bread. Can the same be said about this book? And if so, why? I think so. I mean, anybody interested in baseball history, baseball cards? I mean, if there was a book on Cuban players, I'd pick it up and read it. If there was a book on uh, I know that when I first started researching baseball, Jewish baseball players, I contacted Sabre, the Society of American Baseball Research, to see if there was any uh, previous research. And all they had was research on Mormon players. So I, th- I think the fact that any kind of minority group that used baseball to uh, assimilate into American life, uh, I think it'd be, I just find that fascinating. What's your favorite card depicted in the book? Uh... There's a 1909 Ramley tobacco card of uh, uh, of a Barney Pelty pitcher for really good pitcher for the horrible St. Louis Browns. Uh, it's really elaborate. It looks like something like a piece of art with this gold 
leaves and and, uh, and things are hanging around. It's just a really cool cool card with a picture a photo of him in the back in the middle of it. Where's the best place for people to find this amazing book? Uh, it's on Amazon.com, and hopefully it'll be in some Judaica shops soon. Excellent. Bob, thanks so much for your time tonight. More importantly, thanks for this wonderful and actually visu- visually beautiful book. We really appreciate it. The Jewish Baseball Card Book. We really appreciate it. Thanks so it. much. Our pleasure, Bob Wexler, the Jewish Baseball Card Book, available now.